0: So have you ever heard of the analogy of the crab bucket? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Relaxed Mail, episode number 23. Hello and welcome to Relaxed mail. All right. So today we're on episode 23 and we're calling this Avoid the Crab Bucket because this is something, this is a, a, a trap that uh, we fall into so many times when receiving advice and even giving advice to those people who we truly deeply have a committed relationship to, be it your kids, your parents, your uh your wife, uh, your best friend, all these people have a tendency to want to have us in a crab bucket. Now, where does this whole analogy come from? Well, fishermen, you can actually catch, when you're catching crabs, you would think that you would need to take a crab and put them in a cage so that they don't get out and run off. But in all reality, you don't have to do that. You can just have a bucket, an open-top bucket, and put your crabs in there, and they're not going to escape because as one tries to climb up and out and he almost gets out of there, the other crabs that are down on the bottom of the bucket still are going to reach up, wanting to try to climb out also is what they're doing, but they're going to get a hold of him. They're going to get a hold of the closest thing they can, and it's that one that's high enough, and they're going to pull him back into the crab bucket. Now – we do that as humans. We see somebody who is getting a little bit higher than us, and we end up pulling them down. This is also called another uh, in another phrase called a the tall poppy syndrome. And both of them do a lot of the same things. One is the crab bucket is more for the immediate family, and the tall poppy syndrome is actually society overall. overall. But we also have a tendency to want to. Throw this, uh, throw the, uh, the tall poppy syndrome at other people. And I'll talk about the tall poppy syndrome here a little bit later on. But anyhow, so what is the problem with being in a crab bucket? Well, first off, you're not going to be able to get anywhere. You're stuck in a bucket. Every time you try to get out, almost make it. And no, one of your loved ones reaches up and says, Hey, you don't want to do that and pulls you back down. And they give you very good uh in their mind logical reasons as to why they you don't want to do whatever that idea thought dream uh goal happens to be and there's several reasons to this but um the biggest one is because they want to make sure that you stay safe and that is such a dangerous word these days if there is danger it is in the word of being safe from uh from companies who number one focus is safety to to us making sure that our children these days are so bubble wrapped and so protected that they start to it, it goes against their very nature. Um And talking, we'll talk about that, but safety is such a, a horrible word. Now, honestly, I would love to see that word reduced in the, and how often it is used. Because like I said, when you come, when it comes to like companies, um, they, put you in so much, they want you to do so many safe, the oriented things. And the reason why they have safety, they like it's wrapped in the pretty word of, you know, um, I want, we want to make sure you're taken care of. Well, in all reality, no, that's not, we all know that's not the truth. That is because that's because the, Company doesn't want to be sued into oblivion, and that's right. It's justifiable. I I would agree. I, if if I had a company, and I have, and uh, um, if I have several employees with the company, I would not want them to do something that would cause me, uh, put me into financial jeopardy. So no, you don't want people to do things unsafe, and to do that, uh, and to mitigate costs. You actually have to have a safety program for your uh, – for the insurance on the company. So you have – because of the fact that uh, so many companies are wanting to do this and have to do this, we start getting ourselves into a lot more trouble. That having safety is uh, – being safety conscious actually causes more – there's more accidents with um, – with being protective and being uh, being overly conscious with with safety, than to just lay out what the, rely on the human per, the human being himself or herself to actually take their their safety cautions uh, in the presence of mind. A good example of this is uh, with the NFL. Versus rugby. Rugby is a very rough sport. It's basically football without pads. A lot, a few, now there's real differences, I understand, but, but still follow me and run, go with me on this. There are a whole lot more, uh, concussions and physical injuries and things like that, that happen to somebody who is fully decked out in football pads and helmets and all that. But yet we still have this running, you know, we still have this incredible problem of concussions in football. While the level of concussions in rugby is a far, lo- a far greater or far less problem, and that is because they don't have helmets, they don't have pads. It's just man against man, and so we instinctually try to avoid from ramming heads together. And running, ramming heads into shoulders and and bought other body parts. We, so we have a we have a, a built in safety mechanism, but that gets overridden by so much. We got to be safe. Got to be safe. I'm in the. I used to be in the oil field, and there was several times where you were more. It was more dangerous for me to be fully decked out in all the safety equipment they wanted you to have because you had your, well i understand the steel toe boots i understand the hard hat because i've seen things go uh on our pneumatic uh trailers like uh like a, a check valve cover get stripped out and go ping and go fly up in the air That could come down hit somebody on the head cause you know cause serious harm and so i i get why you have to and and we're working around pressure anyhow when you're hydraulic fracturing so i uh, understand why you need to have a hard hat on um but on top of that they want you to have safety glasses on i can kind you know i kind of get it i kind of understand um you uh you don't want uh don't want something to fly in your eye, get and damage an eye. But at the same time, there's not you really. Those safety glasses are so sealed up that a lot of times you have problems with them fogging up. So, which is safer? Would you rather chance something getting into your eye or trip, have a trip, trip over a trip hazard and and bash your head because you couldn't see where you're walking? Another example of that would be. uh w- when you're working in the, uh, uh, in the, uh, offloading frack sand into a, into a, a uh, into a, a sand can, they actually, at first, when I first started, they didn't have this, but within the last two years, all of a sudden everybody was, you know, like all dangerous was, you know, they want you to, uh, to avoid getting silicosis and, and things like that, which is silicosis is dust pneumonia. All right, dust pneumonia was very prevalent during the uh, times of the dust bowl in the United States and around the Oklahoma panhandle, Texas panhandle, uh bits of Kansas and 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 southeastern Colorado. And that was a lot of the problems that we had, but we just had a really bad uh drought and winds kicked up and so there was a constant dust storm. That was blowing around in the, during the Dust Bowl era of the uh, of the 30s during the Great Depression. Because of that, we, you know, there, a lot of people and mainly it was kids developed what was called dust pneumonia. It was just basically dust, more dust, and dust coating our, the inside of our lungs to where, um, you couldn't breathe and you eventually suffocated and died. And it was a horrible experience and a horrible death, but it was because they were in a dust filled. Uh, environment 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And when you got out, it cleared up. Now, so they required you because of the, they were afraid of being sued for uh, somebody by somebody who developed silicosis. They wanted you to wear these dust masks. Well, the dust mask limits your peripheral vision for one. They, so you had to. Um, you couldn't see anything down, you know, right below you. So if you're, I was always tripping over stuff because I had this dad burned dust mask. So safety as a word, and I'm, I'm getting back over to where, where we're going. We're not talking the problems of safety though. This all depends revolves around the levels, uh, the word safety at the same time. I know I'm getting convoluted. I apologize. But you, because of the fact that we are wanting everybody to be safe, we've actually caused more problems. We do the same thing. See, I'm getting back to with our, with our loved ones. We wanted them to be safe, but it's in all reality, most people's day to day life doesn't have a whole lot of actual danger of where they're going to end up dying. Um, they really, I mean, yeah, you've got some, uh, some cousins or, and, and nephews and things like that who may be into uh, adrenaline sports. So they go skydiving or they rock climb and, and things like that. And yeah, those, those do have an element of danger. And there's a reason why that danger is in all reality very good for them. The same thing goes with, um, with anybody trying something new, there's a element of good, but yet we want to hold them back from excelling and becoming successful and achieving those goals because of our uh, crab bucket mentality. This, this thought of we want to keep them safe. And in all reality, it's not that we want to keep them safe. We want to keep them. We fear for their comfort. We don't want to see them uncomfortable because when they get uncomfortable, that means we're going to get uncomfortable. And then we, and our, our amygdala, our, that reptile part of our brain just doesn't want us to have discomfort. Now, last time I checked, I haven't seen a single person killed by a saber-toothed tiger in the last at least a hundred years. That may just be that we've become very aware of them and we we've scared them all off. But I I don't think there's been any, uh, any saber tooth tiger attacks in at least the last hundred, hundred fifty, maybe even two hundred years. Of course, we know that it's been longer, but still, stick with the joke. All right, bad joke if you have to explain it. I understand, but um, anyhow, so these days we want to we. Work so hard to try to make sure that we're we're comfortable we're we're and safe is telling each other uh doing it out of the safety because we worry, which is a very bad feeling that we uh that we don't like to have we we limit not only ourselves but because we don't want to have that discomfort of for a discomfort or fear in our lives, we also don't want our children to to experience the, uh, the, the joys and the success and the, and the oorah of living life at least a little bit dangerously. I mean, we our our kids these days are, used to ride bikes and we do it without elbow pads, knee pads or a helmet and never had did one out of the, our, our biker group, uh, that, uh, that we had. Yeah. We had plenty of, uh, of of scraped knees and, and broken bones, but pads would not have protected us against those broken bones. And, but what we did do is we jumped curbs. We made ramps and tried to jump over them. And I quickly realized I'm not a, I'm not a ramper because the first time I tried doing that, it was realized I was not going fast enough. And I went down and over and, and crashed and burned and rolled. And it was a, yeah, I, I, Got left good amount of uh, skin on the on the sidewalks, but we all learn that. Hey, yeah, I crashed, I burned, but I survived, and you become you allow your son to become tougher. So I always encourage men and and folks to allow your kid to live dangerously. Now there's a limit. I understand. Don't. don't let them climb on top of the roof and try to jump off with an umbrella. That's, you know, we know when there's something really dumb, but I mean, how many of us actually climbed on the roof and jumped off the, off the roof? It wasn't at the peak, 90% of us jumped off of the, you know, lower ends. We would climb up on the top of the house and dare each other to jump off. And you, Would jump off and and and, and smack the ground and roll over and thought it was fun because you you survived. That was a thrill. That was exhilarating. You learned something wonderful about yourself, and that's one of the the great things about type those types of challenges. But when you the kids become older, and when you become older, you may have you know talked to a an uncle who at one time was uh was a photographer. Or, or something. And you've started having a, when you, you may have been wanting to be a, a, a photographer yourself and you got a camera and all, professional equipment and you really started putting some investing in, uh, some, some real money into, into your hobby because you want to become a photographer. You want to express, show the world through, uh, through your, the, the light that you've captured. The, but you may end up have uh been telling your this uncle who used to be a photographer the idea, and he's like, he starts telling you, he's like, oh, well, it's it's cool, it's fun, but you're not going to make any money at it. And he might start telling you, hey, it's a really dumb idea. You're, you've got to be in the right circles. You're never going to be in the right circles because the you know, circles are have got. And he may inject his own prejudices and thoughts and and analysis into it to, to keep you from doing that very thing that he used to try to do. There's reasons behind that. One, it could be, his story may have been that he, uh, was doing, he was trying to make money as a photographer and he went through and he shot hundreds of thousands of photographs, spent thousands and thousands of dollars on having those photographs developed because, you know, he is old enough. It was before digital photography. So he used to shoot on in silver and, and he would, uh, and it, all his, uh, all the work that he, uh, um, used to do just didn't, didn't ever pan out. He ended up, may have ended up losing everything. He, uh, and, and he may actually even wish he could still do photography, but he doesn't, the fact that doing photography brings up the, the, the thoughts of him failing and that, is a a discomfort to him. And so he doesn't want to see you go through the same discomfort. He doesn't want to see you fail like he did. And so, yeah, he may actually go through and very vehemently tell you it's a really dumb, bad idea. Take that dream, wad it up, throw it out. And sadly, a lot of us take those ideas and we do take those that advice and we do. And we become another crab that's sitting at the bottom of the bucket. So being safe is not a good thing. Uh It would have been better if your uncle probably did encourage your, your dream, let your dream bloom. It, yeah. It, you may end up learning the very same lessons he learned and you may decide that, yeah, it's not worth the discomfort, but you wouldn't, but you would be, there's a bigger chance that you could be the crab that actually got out of the bucket. And that really hurts to a lot of people. If they can, if they see that you succeeded, that could, that's showing to them that, Hey, you quit just a little too early. There's, and, and. Shows and uh, reflects upon them that hey they they actually did fail they gave up on their dream that was the ultimate sign of failure and that becomes very discomforting to them so again people don't want to be dis to uh, be out of comfort they don't want to they don't want to experience the discomfort of failure they don't want a, a, a disappointment and all that so they're going to they don't want to even have you try to do your dream try to do something that would actually expand your horizons because that shows them that they couldn't – they didn't expand their horizons when they were at your age, and they had the very same possibility that you did. Now, this also describes the tall poppy syndrome. Now, tall poppy syndrome is defined as a description of a cultural phenomenon of making people who think highly of themselves – By cutting down that tall poppy, because poppies a lot of times will grow about the same height, but every so often you get that one poppy that just sticks out above all the rest. This is a phrase that is common in Australia and New Zealand, and it seems that uh, by many as a self-deprecating, as self-deprecating and by others as a means of promoting modesty. But in reality, and this really gets tied into with like the rich, uh, if you're successful, they, you know, you're not supposed to flaunt your, your success. You're, you don't need to be talking about money like that. That is all tall poppy syndrome. If you start talking about money and you start flaunting around that you've got a brand new, you know, brand new car, you've got a very exotic vehicle, something most people can't afford. That shows them that they aren't at that level. And it makes them feel very uh, uncomfortable. And because of that, we now have a whole society that is actually running around. And if you have uh, any type of success, they think it's not fair. You shouldn't be, there's, you could be doing stuff with that money. You, it, you'll often hear the phrase, well, it must be nice. And they're using that as a, well, I don't have that. And yet you're flaunting it in my face. That makes me feel bad. That's exactly what they're saying to you by saying in a very passive aggressive way of, well, it must be nice to have that kind of money. And in all reality, you should respond with, yeah, it is very nice. I worked my ass off for that money. So I am allowed to enjoy the benefits of my hard work. Um, I had a, a discussion with a, uh, with a cousin of mine who, or cousin, anyhow, I had a cousin of mine who was having, we had uh, a very similar discussion because Jeff Bezos had, uh, is doing something with a, uh, with a thousand, what I could call a 10,000 year old clock. Apparently this clock ticks once every, every year or something like that. And, um, all the, all the details are a bit over my head, but it's, it was neat because it, to me, but at the same time, the fact that he was spending something like forty-two million dollars to build this this clock inside of a mountain, and um, it, the uh, my cousin made the comment of, "Well, he's got six hundred thousand employees who need he could be doing something with that money other than just putting building a clock." And okay, yeah, he could, but again, that is the tall poppy syndrome. Jeff Bezos has built Amazon. I mean, this is a huge company. This is the 800-pound gorilla of the online uh, online commerce world. And so because of that, because of the hard work and the dedication and the vision and all that, Jeff has amassed, become, uh, if not the wealthiest man, uh, uh, almost the wealthiest man. I believe he is the wealthiest man in the world. And because of that, he is, he has the right and the ability and the, to, or the right and the ability to actually just do with his money what he wants. And some people who don't appreciate the fact that he is of all the work that he's done. He, he doesn't, he, or he does spend his money on what he would like to buy, spend his money on. But again, the, the fact that he's making statements that are supposed to kind of, and if Jeff was to actually read it to shame him into the fact that he's got all this money, that is the tall poppy syndrome. He's, there's people trying to cut that tall poppy down. So he's not higher, taller than the rest of the poppies in the, in the field. And I'm sure you've heard stuff like, uh, he has more money than sense. Uh, he's lucky. He's very, uh, White privilege is, is a, believe it or not, a, a tall poppy because there's other people who, there's not a supremacy on, on race, but because people see a person who is successful, they attribute his race to that, to, to the hard work instead of being that. Instead of the, the fact that he, uh, worked hard, they're wanting to just say, well, he got it just because he's, he's lucky enough to be white. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. Uh, toxic masculinity. Again, they're attributing it to men being, you know, men being able to do something that they believe women, uh, can't do or women should be able to do. And there's a, there's, a whole other discussion with that, but it's still it's, it's the, you should be at my height. You should not be as successful as, as I am. And they're essentially just shooting themselves in the foot whenever they say things like that, because they're limiting what they believe they're able to do. And because of, of the scarcity mindset. Yeah, I've even uh, and I've even come across where now there's a new privilege out there there's, uh, that cropped up during the whole COVID nineteen thing, and that was happiness privilege. You got the privilege of being happy. No, I've got the choice, <laughs> and and you uh, you fight people, and I had a lot of discussions with some people who about uh, the discussion of happiness privilege, and it's not a privilege. It is a mindset is a choice. And I chose to be happy. I can see the good in the silver lining in every cloud. You have that very same ability. So, um, and this is evident, not only just in society itself, but if you were to shrink it down and your son probably faces this a lot, especially if he is very goal oriented, he is very, um, motivated to make something of himself a lot of times uh kids who are working very hard at uh, in math say for uh, for instance they work real hard they get uh called out by the kids who are not doing quite as good they're They're called names, brainiac, nerd, things like that. And luckily our society has also embraced the, the nerd and geek culture. And, but it means something completely different in, uh, in today's society. And when we were in, I was in school, you know, being a nerd was you're just overly smart. Well, oh, not entirely. I just took a really big interest in, in biology and science. But because you go off and you stick me in in the math, and I was I was dumber to post, so (laughs) you you. But because you shine in one place, people will make comments to try to bring you back down to their level. Again, you're you're a crab that's getting out of the bucket. So your your high your high school classmates didn't like the sensation and the feeling and the impression that you gave by crawling out so they would drag you back down so why do people hold us back well the first one is because of safety Uh, that is the biggest self uh self uh deceit that we that we do is it's for the safety of them, or it's the safety for the safety of us. We, we don't want to feel bad. We don't want to feel discomfortable. We don't want the, our son to be this, uh, uncomfortable. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you will see this, especially with our, uh, if your son is wanting to join the military, say he's taught really talking army and you're, you were Navy. And so you really don't want him to be the bullet sponge that a, that a, a, an army guy is going to be. Well. What are, if you were to actually stop on those types of thoughts and step back and get, look, all right. So what are the advantages if he joins the, uh, joins the army or any military branch? Um, it could be that one, he's going to learn how to be a lot more disciplined in his actions. He's going to be a lot more intentional in what he does. He's going to learn that there that respect is actually a, a good thing to earn and how to actually earn the respect that is needed. There's um he also will expand his, his network. He'll know a lot more people that he can actually, as he becomes joins the, the, the business world, he can actually will have more people he can uh, reach out to, to help him with his, with his business endeavors. If he wants to go into business himself, yet all these, uh, numerous advantages get shoved off to the side because we the first thing us parents are going to think is, well, what if there's a war? We never know when there's a war. Well you're right. We don't ever know when a war or a conflict is going to arise, or we have to be the arm, we have to call our boys out to protect uh, some uh, third world country out in the middle of nowhere. It does happen. We've got that in history. It's, you know, almost every, once every 20 years, we end up having, uh, having some type of dust up. And we just got finished with one big dust up. So there's a good chance that we're not going to have another, another instance. Of course, who knows? Iran may decide to, uh, to really cause a problem or Iran joins up with, with, uh, with the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union joins up with, uh, with China, and then we've got a really, really, really big dust up, and then all of a sudden it's all hands on deck. Yeah, he's going to be – your our son will be put into danger. And that's no matter whether he's going to be in the Army or the Navy or the Air Force. Somebody's There's always a risk of danger, and that danger, though, uh, provides some incredible rewards for later on but we forget about those all those rewards because we're only focused in on well what if he gets hurt what if he has PTSD what if this what if that what if all the other issues well those are what ifs you have no control over those what ifs so you just need to look down uh look at the uh positives and we'll address the negatives when they come about uh, another reason why people are, why people act like uh, crabs in a bucket is because they see themselves in your effort. They, a lot of times the, the snide comments, the, 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 the suggestions of not doing it are because we see our failures. They rate, or the, our, our son, our relative actually raises um the discomfort of what our failures actually were that's a better way to say it so we want to, we don't want to have those uh those bad negative horrible emotions we want to avoid those you know so instead of allowing those emotions to just happen and co- and to to live its life and fade out and and we continue our life we fo- we want to avoid being you know, fo- fo- want to avoid focusing. I can't talk today. <laughs> we want to avoid the discomfort of the fact that yeah, we may have tried something very similar and we failed at it, or we tried something similar, or we had a uh, we had a dream like that once and we didn't uh, reach for it, and now we believe that it's gone. When in, if you look at it closely, you, we know that that's not the case. We uh, they the. The dream is always there. You, there's never a too late for that dream. And the last one is actually, again, the bane of society. And that's the scarcity mindset. That's where all the, uh, uh, all the thoughts of, of unbalanced money and, and people who think that they have no resources at hand to be able to, to get to what, where they want to be. They, that is a, a thought that, Resources are scarce. They're not there. And it's a, this is fear based thought and it causes people to not see the forest for the trees. I've actually got a, uh, uh, another episode that is about the scarcity mindset. And that episode is actually episode number 15. You can go to relaxedmail.com forward slash one five to get that episode, get that particular, um, episode and be able to listen to it. So how do we, if you are, since we are all crabs in the bucket and we keep getting pulled down, how do we actually escape that bucket? And there's a couple of different tools and key points that you want to focus in on. When you're trying to get out of that bucket, when you want to just ignore those snide comments that people are making about how it must be nice that you can afford a boat, or uh, oh boohoo, you be too bad you can't afford your your slip fee. You know these all these comments that are meant to make them feel better because they haven't succeeded at the level that you have, and those. The the key ways, uh, key points is to do this is first your why, know your why. Why are you striving to do this? Keep that why for fixed firmly in the in the front part of your brain, so that you, when people make these comments and they, you start questioning whether uh, you should be doing this or not, you can see that why and go well. This because this is the path I have to take. This is my why is. I'm not going to be able to, um, achieve my goals unless I go through this, this wall of fire. So you have to focus in on your why. And yeah, you may know that there's going to be, there's danger on the other side, but the fact that those dangers are, uh, are knowledgeable. And when you get through that discomfort that you felt for going through that wall of fire will actually make you stronger in, uh, uh, Later on, so follow your why. You also want to make sure you have the resolve to keep going, and you got to be resolute. This is, follows up with your why. And once you have your why, you resolve that you're going to pursue that why until it, until it has been um, uh, achieved. And so that helps to act as an armor for those arrows of people making those disparaging remarks, ask, questioning you, and and you can you it'll be harder for you to actually falter if they throw a very good reason though emotionally based but it's still a very good reason as to why you shouldn't pursue your dream if you have that resolve you can understand why they're saying what they're saying and you can appreciate what they're saying but still be able to carry on and the next reason uh uh key point is actually learn how to filter the advice. Everybody's got advice. It is uh, a way of, dis- as Baz Lerman said, uh, advice is fishing the uh, uh, nostalgia from your past, painting over the ugly parts and selling it for more than it's worth. Advice also is um, has got little elements of truth in it but also is something uh, that a little element of truth often is wrapped up in emotion. And so, if you can actually filter the emotional thoughts out of the advice, you can actually get the true facts of what you're going to of what to worry about. Uh, taken care, uh, you can get those filtered out, and you can have just the 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 nuggets, uh, factual nuggets that are important for you. You can actually take those and apply the, the the foresight of, hey, I may need to worry about this down the road, this is something that needs to be addressed. This is something that doesn't need to be addressed. You can actually take and understand, well, they're coming from a place of of fear. They're they're worried about me. They know that I'm fixing to do something that could result in my financial ruin. But if it pays off, then i I'll I'll be set for for the next 10, 20 years, you know. You can, you can see the, uh, the advice and you, uh, as a, uh, as little nuggets of truth, but those nuggets and you're able to take those nuggets and dig out the, 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 the truth out of the, out of what the emotional response is. Now, the last way to, if you want to be able to, uh, to get out of the bucket is by joining a mastermind and mastermind, the people in a mastermind, First off, they're not relatives in any way. They're not your best friends. They do become your best friends, but they're friends with a different agenda. They want to see you succeed the same as you want to help them succeed. And so because of that, they're going to be okay with you taking, uh, risky moves. They're going to be okay with you doing, Hey, I, I may, you may end up, uh, being in a, uh, uh, a, in a financial uh tr- hardship for a little while. But, you know, if you're, if you stick through the, the, the scarcity, uh, get past the scarcity mindset, there is a, a return on your investment that just is mind blowing. You can, it, what's going to hold you back is not the fact that you're going to have, you know, X, Y, or Z happen to you, but it's the what's going to be holding you back is the fact that your mindset is going to scream, "Don't do it this way." When in reality, you want to do it, go exactly the opposite of what that mindset is. You know, there's little hints and tips and clues and suggestions, and all because people, the your mind, your your mastermind will actually do. Far less emotional advice and more concrete advice. So if you, and if you're interested in, a ma- in joining a mastermind, I have a mastermind that's available to you. It's uh, the Conclave of Men. You can go to the, to relaxmail.com forward slash the Conclave, the dash conclave. You'll actually be able to get you know, over to the relaxed, Con- the Conclave of Men's page and there you'll be able to read more about it and be able to fill out an application and uh, see if you would like to that way we can kind of get to know you and and see if you you would like to actually join but the conclave or masterminds are great for helping you do that and if you so if you're running into an issue and want to get out of the being a and a in a crab bucket, you want to go ahead and see, add that fertilizer to yourself so that you can become the, the tallest poppy of the land. Then a mastermind is a great way to do that. And the, the conclave of men can definitely help you with that. So the last point I want to make about, uh, being a crab in the bucket is if you're, make sure that you're not pulling your son back into the bucket also. Yeah, we often have fears, concerns, and things like that for what our son is wanting to do. Uh He may be moving in with a girl who, you know, is just not going to be a good fit for him. But um there's a lot of times where, yeah, he may – it's not going to be – the girl's going to end up breaking his heart and, and he's going to – uh you're gonna have to put might have to put the pieces together again later on. But telling him that um is one thing. Trying to to control the control him so that he doesn't get hurt is a completely different thing. And trying to hold him back from doing that experience. I'm not advocating uh people, uh men and women living together unless they're married because I think that's the better way to go. But if he is bound and determined to do that, and it's just, you need to just kind of step back and, and let him learn the hard way as to why you don't want to do that. There's so much, and it, the evidence of it becomes very clear, very quickly. If he's, um, once he gets himself into that situation and, yeah, there's a chance he may end up having a, having a kid and there's, and if that happens, you know, there's not much you can do about it. He's, he is an adult, especially if they're over the age of 18. That's legally an adult. And so he gets to make those decisions and there's all you're able to do is be the mentor and try to guide him instead of trying to parent. And so a lot of times though, because we are trying to parent, we pull our child down into, um, back into the crab bucket. And So if he's wanting to join the military, like I said before, we're ta- t- trying to talk him out of it. Well, that why are we trying to talk him out of it? The reasons why and ask yourself that. Why are you wanting to, uh, to keep him from doing something? Yeah. It may be dangerous. It maybe uh, have an element of 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 danger but are what are the rewards look at yourself try to see if you can offer that same advice without the emotional thought pay attention to what you're feeling when he says something like that to you are are you feeling tight in the chest um are you and stuff is there's a emotional response that's happening is that's probably the wrong time to actually give the advice is when you feel that emotional response so there you go. That's the crab in the bucket. Uh, avoid the crabs, uh, the crab bucket if you can, but you're going to find you've, we all have family. So and friends. So we're going to have the crabs who are going to try to pull us down. You're going to have people who are not in the, in our crab, in our bucket, call us a tall poppy and, and going to try to cut us down. We can avoid those things and that we should avoid those things. And you, c- but to do so is, is actually fairly, uh, really difficult and as long as you pay attention as and keep your eye on on what your goals are and po- focus on your why's you can actually pull yourself out of that bucket and grow taller than uh, than the rest and you can be the envy of the people around you and you can take that envy and be prideful of it all right. So if you like this, uh, this episode, please share it out with your friends, man. Share it out with on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, if you're all, uh, listening to it through, uh, YouTube, share that, uh, share it out. Share it however you, sh- uh, you listen to it. If you really want to listen to get all these episodes, uh, each week when they come out on, on Thursday morning, then please, uh, go to your uh, podcast, uh, podcatcher of choice. And do a search for me. Uh, the relaxed mail should come up. If you're having problems finding it, you can go to relaxedmail.com forward slash subscribe. Is that, I believe that's right. Let me double check. Yes. so you can actually go to relaxmail.com forward slash subscribe, and that will give you a huge list of all the ways you can join. We've got Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, and uh, If you've got just a regular Android uh, phone and you don't use Google Podcast, we've actually got a way for you to do there. I'm on Stitcher and iHeart and Deezer and – You, uh, pocket cast and overcast and Castro and cast box and player FM and swoot and public radio breaker, pod bean and bullhorn. I mean, I'm, I'm try to get as, as many different places as I possibly can to be so that you can listen to, uh, this podcast at your convenience. And that's what I aim to do. And if you could, if you are on Apple podcast, please, uh, give me a rating and review doesn't do so much, uh, for getting me up on the, on the, the list, but it, those people who come in and they see the, uh, reviews, they can see that you really approve of it. You really like it. And that would, that helps me out tremendously. If you're on a, on a, uh, uh, on an Android phone, then go to relaxmail.com forward slash, uh, pod chaser. And that will actually get you over to the, uh, our Paw Chaser uh, page. And from there, again, leave a little, uh, rating and review there, and that helps people to be able to find me uh, over there. So uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, you have yourself a great day. Hug your son. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Until then, bye.